Hello, podcast world. I'm trusting that you are all well. Today is the third week that we're releasing these conversations that I had with Tom Basson, who is the co-senior pastor at Grace Family Church just outside of Durban in South Africa. Tom and I worked together for 14 years, and so it was a pleasure to sit down and talk to him over these last few weeks. Today we're going to talk about why is there suffering. Heads up, I don't know. But we talked about it anyway, so I hope it's helpful. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to Deeply Spiritual But Rather Uncertain. Hey guys, well, welcome to the Grace Podcast. Welcome back. If you're tuning in again, this is episode 11, and I'm joined once again by Skip Collins. Uh, he's been with us for the past three weeks. Uh, if you missed the last two episodes, we're kind of in a series that we're doing on Sundays at Grace Family Church called Asking for a Friend, and they we're asking tough questions. Uh, how can the church be responsible for so much injustice? Uh, what are we supposed to do with that? Uh, you know, how can we know truth in a post-truth or a post kind of in an alternative facts world? And today we're looking at Kind of an age-old question, really, uh, a question I certainly don't feel like I have the answer to, and that is, how can a good God allow suffering? And uh, I think all of us are familiar with suffering. Uh, if you've been alive on the planet long enough, you, you'll know what pain is. And sometimes we're faced with this idea of, you know, is God, does he not care? Uh, is he, is he you know, uninterested? Uh, is he some distant kind of God? Or maybe he, he does, he can make a difference, but he's not. Why would he do that? And so I think we all wrestle, especially when we find ourselves in a position of pain. And maybe you're listening to this and you're you're in that space right now and you're asking God, why? Why is this happening to me? Um, so we're going to just spend some time wrestling. We certainly don't pretend to have the uh, all the answers between Skip and I, but uh, Skip Collins was uh, a pastor at Grace Family Church for 14 years. We worked together and uh, Skip recently retired and has um, moved back to the States and uh, is living out there with his grandkids and his children. And so it's awesome having Skip uh, back again. Thank you, Skip, for being with us for, for another week. It's great to be here. I'm so, I've really enjoyed this. Thank you for letting me do it. Uh, awesome. If you can't see Skip, if you're listening to this uh, via audio and you're not watching it on YouTube or whatever, Skip has a, a very impressive beard that he's rocking um, <laughs> on the podcast. So it's great having you with us, Skip. But Skip, take us away. How does a good God, why does a good God allow suffering in a world that feels like there's just so much pain and suffering? How, how do yeah. you respond to that? Can, can I, um, before I go there, let me just, let me just put it in a plug for Grace Family Church. Can I do that? Okay. Because, because um, it, I mean, some people have listened to my podcast, I have this podcast where I ask a lot of hard questions and um, I'm not sure my answers are all right, but they're sometimes not the traditional answers. And people have come to me and said, especially when I was still around Grace and doing this, they'd say, what, is, what does Grace think about this? And I am so appreciative that Grace has always allowed me to ask questions, to, to be real. And we've been in preaching meetings and with, with all of us, and, and I've brought up my radical ideas and everybody just sits there looking at me like I'm insane, but they, they've allowed me to do it. And so I really appreciate that Grace is a place where you can be honest, you can ask questions, you can move forward 
Um, and so thank you for for that. So yeah, we just, but we anyway, you a, we just call you a heretic when you're not in the room. It's fine. Exactly. I know. I know. But that's okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm a happy heretic. Um, so in answer to your question, I, th I think we begin where we left off last week in talking about certainty. Yeah. Um, suffering is uncertainty at, to the nth degree. You know, it's it's we we want this this certainty in our life that just has fallen apart. There's a a theological word, or maybe it's a philosophical word that is used. It's theodicy. It's 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 these three things combined. It's that that we believe that God is good. We believe that God is all powerful, but bad stuff happens is the nice way to say it mm. uncertainty happens right no. um god is good god is all powerful but life sucks yeah so how do i how do i marry those those three statements because in in christianity we believe they're all true i mm. mean jesus himself said you are going to have problems in this world i mean get yeah. ready for it get used to it yeah. Um, life is going to be hard, but God is good and God is all powerful. So, so if God is all, if, if bad stuff happens, either God isn't all good and he doesn't care yeah. or he's not all powerful and he doesn't try to fix it. Yeah. So which one is it, you know? Yeah. yeah. And so in, in, a, in a desire for certainty, we're trying to answer these things. Now, people have answered it a myriad of different ways. Yeah. Um, even I mean, this is not just a Christian problem. This is a Muslim problem. This is a Hindu problem. I mean, you see it over in, in all faith religions trying to come to terms with these three ideas. Mm. So for some of us, we've we've redefined what it means that God is good. OK. Mm. And so that's that's one way to do it. We say, well, God is also mystery, so we don't understand good. So maybe good can come out of genocide or maybe good can come out of bad. Or maybe um, there's a good that we don't see that's coming out of this. Maybe world. there's that. So we redefine what what good is, hmm. which helps some people. But other times that's just like, no, no, that, that, I don't buy that at all. You know, hmm. um, or or then some have gone to try to understand um, what God is all powerful is. So there's a line of theological thinking called open theism that has decided that, and, and there's a lot of scripture around this, but that God is limited where he gets involved in the world. And so, um, yeah, so it's like he's God chosen, isn't actually like he's chosen all powerful. To be, no, he's chosen to be yeah. limited in certain contexts. He's chosen to be limited. So that, so, so we've defined it that way. Um, in Hinduism, we've tried to redefine what suffering means. You know, you know, so so we look at suffering totally differently. So there's been all kinds of ways um, in all kinds of religions that we've come tried to come to terms with this. But here's the reality. We haven't. Mm. We don't know. You know, how 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 could all three of those things be true? I don't know. Mm. Um, I certainly don't have have the the answer to that do i believe all three of those things yes do i understand how that works i i just don't have 
a good answer. Now, on some but, areas, but thank you so much for joining us for the podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Have a nice day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you thought we were going to answer your question, yeah. sorry, you're out of line. Five minutes. We're done. Awesome. Yeah, we're done. But um, in some areas, it's okay. All right. So there's a lot of things when they when they happen to me, I can come to terms with. Okay. Mm -hmm. So because a lot of my suffering comes from my own stupidity, if you want to be really honest, right? There's, there's mistakes that I've made. There's bad decisions that I've made. They've led to certain consequences in my life. I understand that every action has a consequence. Sometimes it's a good consequence. Sometimes it's a bad consequence. Yeah. But every, and so some, sometimes suffering is just because I've screwed up, because I've done something wrong. Because even in my in my trying to do it right, I haven't always done it right. And it's just the way it is. So, so there's a lot of, of that. There's, um, I mean, Richard Rohr talks a lot about necessary suffering. Yeah. And so sometimes there is, is suffering that is about my own growth. It's necessary. If I want to, if, if I want to come to terms with something, I've got to be willing to take the hit to yeah. take the pain that comes with that's, that's it, you know? James, that's James, rejoice in your suffering because suffering and produces perseverance and all that exactly, stuff. Exactly, exactly. So so there is a necessary suffering and, and I can I can handle that. I mean, for me, where I, where I get really in the weeds and, and I'm not sure what to do with it um, is when I see suffering out there outside of myself, that makes zero sense yeah. right when um and, and especially for me it's especially when it comes to children yeah i mean when it the, so so here in america they have this thing called the amber alert and in your area when a child is abducted it goes into this amber alert system mm. and it comes on your phone i can't turn it off my phone i don't know how to turn it. it's this loudest siren you've ever heard that comes on your phone sure. that this child has been abducted look out for this i really appreciate that La not last night the night before two o'clock in the morning this thing starts screaming right even right. if it's on silence the amber alert comes through wow and I pick up my phone and a child has been abducted and I'm laying there at two o'clock in the morning thinking, oh, my God, what do we do with this? Yeah, there's a child right now that is so afraid, you know, that, mm -hmm. that how do I how do I come to terms with that? And that's those are the things that that rattle my faith, to yeah. be honest. You know, those are the things that yeah i've made mistakes i've dealt with some stuff yeah some suffering is good but man how do i deal with that stuff and i don't have an answer i do have some things that that help me in those situations oh, so maybe i'll share yeah so there's there's a story of after jesus death and resurrection he comes to his disciples um, it's in a number of the Gospels, but he shows up with his disciples and they're afraid for their lives. They're sure they're next. Um, they're hiding in a room. The door is locked um, that, you know, they don't know what to think. Talk about uncertainty and being yeah. unsettled. They're there. And Jesus shows up. He shows them his own suffering. He shows them his scars. 
from the torture that he's endured in his own suffering. And all he says is peace. Mm. He doesn't say, don't worry, guys, it's all going to be okay. You know, don't worry, guys, I got this. I got your back, guys. Don't worry. I'm yeah. in control. It's all going to be fine. He doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't say, need from the Old Testament some kind of uh, theological argument. Yeah. Exactly. Or, may, or, or some kind of, pro remember the promise of scripture. He just says, peace. Yeah. It just says, I enter the struggle with you. Mm. I enter the pain with you. Yeah. And, and I think for me, when I'm dealing with these things and I'm thinking about this little child that's been abducted at two o'clock in the morning, it's like, God, just be there. Just, yeah. just be there. Enter the pain. Enter because that's what Jesus did. And so, so it's it's one of the stories that that helps me. And so, you know, it's just like trying to pray peace yeah. for that little child, you know? Yeah. Just because that's what Jesus did. He just said peace. Yeah. And so I love that. And sure. I'll tell you one other yeah. go ahead. No, I just I remember um I remember that story from where, where, where Lazarus has died and, you know, Jesus, Lazarus' sister says to him, you know, if you'd come, this wouldn't have happened, you know, to Jesus. It's kind of like a, yeah. quite a barb in there, you know, like Jesus, it is. where the hell were you, you know? You knew this was going to happen. You could have stopped it. Yeah. Um, and then it's the shortest, the shortest sentence in the Bible, which is just those two words, Jesus wept, you know? Yeah. Um. And it actually, like the Hebrew, I remember looking it up, the, the, or the Greek is actually, he sobbed. Like it was almost like, you just have this picture of like, he just absolutely broke down at this death. And I mean, he he raised Lazarus, you know, it's not like, um, and he, but it was, it, for me, that's always been such a powerful thing. And I remember, I mean, as a pastor, you know, we, we get exposed to sometimes the most painful of situations. I had a situation recently where one of my best friend's 15-month-old uh, daughter died you know in the cot unexpectedly and i remember arriving at the house and he didn't want to let go of the, the child and you know the guys were there to take the body away or whatever. And, and 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 i just remember you know again like you you know you always you never have anything to say there's no words to say but just being there is so important you know just to actually be alongside and i feel like i remember someone saying that um jesus doesn't always give us an answer it's not always about having an answer but he but it is a companion <laughs> there is someone there and i think that is the yeah. promise that for me gives me peace that that I don't understand why it's happening or how God would allow this or the bigger picture or any of that. But I do know that God is with us in our pain. Yeah. See, you know, let me go back to the Lazarus story. Cause I think this is so important, especially for people that, that struggle with this stuff, right? That the, like we were talking about truth last week and we're talking yeah. about fact truth. And yeah. the, the point of the story of Lazarus, isn't that Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. The point of the story is that Jesus wept. Yeah, that's amazing. Jesus was there. I don't believe Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. I, I'm not saying that for me, but somebody says that. It's like, okay, Jesus wept. Yeah. That's the story. Jesus yeah. entered the struggle. Jesus entered the pain. Yeah. That's the meaning, the meaning truth yeah. of, that, of that story. Now, we can debate whether he really rose Lazarus from the dead, but he wept. Yeah. And 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 I love that he was there. He was doing exactly what you said. He was he was being a companion. He was there. That's the that's the story that Jesus is there. And that's far more valuable in the end than an answer. I found 
Because, oh, absolutely. Because I don't think any sort of theological, I don't think there is an answer that would, that would actually provide some sort of um, certainty or, you know, to the, to the widow or the, the parent who's lost a child or who, whatever, uh, there's no real like one liner or some truth that you can say, oh, and then they'll go, Oh, okay. That's why, because the, there's the pain is there, you know? So the companionship is actually far more valuable. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so I'll, share another story um yeah. for those of you that 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 know me you know my uh, my wife sheila and i ran a baby house for eight years and we had these um abandoned babies that live with us um there was a little girl named andy and i'll tell you andy's story but i probably will not be able to do it without being emotional so forgive me um but but andy passed away um andy had um had um some very serious things wrong from the beginning and we we worked with her and worked with her and had her at specialist for a year and spent hours and hours and hours at addington hospital um trying to to sort this out um in the process of that she had an operation where she had to have um she had to have a tube from her from her head into her stomach to drain the fluid that was on her her stomach and um, and she was she was in hospital and I would go visit her after this operation. And she was the most wonderful, wonderful little girl. And she had I mean, her head had been shaved partially because because in the government hospital with babies, they often do the IVs in their heads. And so they shave their head and her head. She had a big thick bandage around her head and she had um, tubes in her nose and she had IVs in her arm and. Um, and 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 they had to tape the tubes in her nose because she kept pulling them out because she hated them. And it was, and and I remember walking in the hospital one morning and she's laying there. Sorry. And she looks up at me and she smiles. Mm. And it's like what I what I realized was that um, she smiled because I was there. And she knew I loved her, mm. but her smile also was that she loved me. Mm. And so I think that in the midst of struggle to know that, that, that you can love and be loved mm. in the midst of those times to, to, to allow yourself in the worst times of your life, looking like, looking horrible and feeling horrible and acting horrible, you can still allow somebody to love you. Mm. You know, you can still allow your friend to, to cry with you and not have answers. They don't have to have the answers. They don't have to provide certainty, mm. but, but I'm just willing. I just, I just am willing to love and to be loved. Mm. And those days changed me radically. To, to understand that, yes, they're suffering, and yes, I don't understand it, but there's something about the power of love that, that goes beyond all that junk in our lives and all the suffering. If I'm just willing to love, to stand by your friend, to love them, to, will, to willing to be loved in these circumstances, um, it just changes everything. Mm. Thank you, Skip, for sharing that story. I know it's a painful one to share. And can, can, I wrap, can I wrap this up with yeah. um, a prayer yeah. that, um, that was written by Thomas Keening? And this has 
um, impacted me in more ways than I can say, because because to be willing to to live with uncertainty, I have to be willing to let go of things. Yeah. You know, I, I have to be willing to let go of my need for certainty. Yeah. My need to be right all the time. My you need to have or, yeah. to have all the answers. My need to have my why questions answered. Yeah. I've got to be willing to let go of that stuff. And um, and a friend of mine here in the States um, told me this prayer one time. And it's I, I mean, I, I, I tried the the first I'll read you the whole thing. But the first line is um, I welcome whatever comes to me today because I know it's for my healing. Sure. And I, and I think that, I think that so, so often, I mean, I did a whole podcast on this. Do I really need salvation or do I need healing? Do I need forgiveness or do I need healing? I don't need forgiveness. I'm already forgiven, mm. but I need a lot of healing, mm. you know, cause I'm broken and I need a lot of healing. Yeah. And I realized that the things that happen when when my kids or my grandkids are going crazy, when 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 the day is horrible, I welcome it because I know it's for my healing. Mm -hmm. And so Thomas Keating does this prayer. You can Google it. Just yeah. it's called the welcome prayer. Well, I'm going to read it. Put to it you. Maybe we'll put it in the show notes as well. Yeah, you can do that. It's yeah. it's really um, it's really simple to find. And here's the prayer that he writes. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I welcome everything that comes to me today because I know it's for my healing. I welcome all thoughts, feelings, emotions, persons, situations, and conditions. I let go of my desire for power and control. I let go of my desire for affection and esteem and approval and pleasure. I let go of my desire for survival and security. I let go of my desire to change any situation, condition, person, or myself. I open to the love and presence of God and God's actions within. Amen. Amen. Sure, that's great. I'm definitely going to go and read that again. I think I need to put that in my daily journal to pray <laughs> it's a great it's a great daily prayer believe me that's great skip it's been an absolute pleasure having you on and uh, not just this week but the last three weeks thank you so much for zooming in from uh the states i know it's early in the morning there for you you had to get up early and uh, we just really appreciate your time we miss you terribly and uh um, I don't, are you still there? I don't know if, you, if the video. Yeah, I'm still there. here. Okay. I'm still here. Um, yeah, yeah, no, it's it's absolutely. I mean, it's been a pleasure to do this. I was so honored that you even asked me. Um, if if people don't think I'm too heretical, um, you can check out the podcast because I I've, I've done podcasts on all this, this kind of stuff, and yeah. there's a lot of stuff there. So yeah. um, you can just go to your favorite podcast that either search my name or deeply spiritual but rather uncertain because um, there's a lot more material there. But it really is an honor. Um, to still be connected with Grace Family Church. Um, you guys are family. I miss you terribly. All of y'all that are listening, as they say. Here in Texas, oh, wow. You've all been of y'all. All y'all. No, it, it really has been a pleasure to do this. Uh, thank you, Skip. And uh, love to Sheila and uh, the boys and the grandkids. And uh, we really do think about you guys often and we miss you. And uh, we're just so glad that we can still connect via technology and all of that. So, 
Thank you. Uh, stay Bless tuned you all. For thank you. Podcast, everyone. And uh, thanks for tuning in once again. And we'll see you next time. Thanks. Thanks so much for joining us today. Next time, we'll get back to more of our regular format for the show. And so I hope you join me then. Have a great week. Shalom.